Welcome to episode 10 of Untangled Faith. If you are friends with somebody, it's really been a crappy friend to pretend there's no elephant in the room. The times that I have ever left somewhere and someone has called and said, I'm so sorry, would you feel comfortable telling me what happened? That has been so meaningful to me. This is Amy Fritz, and you're listening to Untangled Faith, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all the things that are not good and true, this is the place for you. In early April of 2019, while away from my home for a weekend, I pulled out my notebook and I wrote a list. I'm a list writer, but this one was different than the ones I had created before. I had this feeling in my gut that Nathan was going to have to resign from his job at Ramsey Solutions. And the list was a list of our friends who worked there and that I feared we might lose if we left and were public with our reasons for leaving. I'd actually written three questions. What am I willing to give up? Who am I willing to give up? Who will be impacted? It was only a couple of weeks later that Nathan and I gathered his things from his workspace and walked out of Financial Peace Plaza for the last time. Anytime someone leaves a place, it makes it hard to stay connected with friends who remain. It's especially difficult when you don't leave, as they say, on good terms. People who leave Ramsey are often eager to communicate that they were on good terms when they left. And I wonder if it's because they don't want their friends who remain there to be afraid to be seen interacting with them. But when it's obvious someone didn't leave on good terms, how do you hang on to that friendship? Figuring out how to be a good friend when one person leaves a community and another one stays. That's what we're talking about today. By the way, if you figured this out, I would welcome your wisdom because I am still wrestling with it. But lucky for me and for you, I've had two opportunities in the last four years to attempt to navigate this. Once with leaving our church and later with leaving Ramsey. In today's episode, I'm going to introduce you to my dear friend, Miranda. We met at my former church and we did a lot of ministry there together until we didn't. There came a time when it was too painful for me to stay. So our family left that church and Miranda's family stayed. So how do you hold on to a friendship in a situation like this? Take a listen to my conversation with Miranda. What do you do and how do you hang on to friendships? Is it possible? What makes it work when one person leaves and the other person stays? It was 2017. Wow. I know. I feel like so many things have happened in the world since 2017. Yeah. And 20, well, we had tried to leave a year prior, 2016. Mm -hmm. 
and then thought, well, maybe it'll be okay. And maybe we don't have to leave. But I remember being really emotional when I told you in 2016 that we were leaving. I sobbed. I don't remember how emotional I was a year later when we were like, okay, the things that we thought would be better. <laughs> it didn't get better. I and, and I called you. I'm sure I called you. Yeah. And or emailed you. I probably did both. Yeah. Because I didn't know if we would still be friends. Well, and I think for me, you, since the day that I was introduced to you over email, I felt a, an, a special attachment to you. And so if I am remembering correctly, when you indicated to me in 2016 that you were thinking about leaving or we're going to leave. I remember feeling, you know, devastated, but there was so much going on at the time. I think I was just generally overwhelmed and, and there was just a lot to process, but I think by the time you actually left, it wasn't a surprise to me, but it still, it still hit hard because of who I am. (laughs) I have watched relationships change as people leave an organization. And so, yeah, there was a lot of fear there for me that it would change our friendship. One of the tricky things about it was some of the things that had pushed me out the door, we had walked through together very much. And in the end, you know, it was like one more straw at the end, but broke the camel's back. Yeah. I was like, I, I can't anymore. You weren't surprised when I left just because we had walked through things together, but you were in a different place. You didn't feel like it was yep. time to leave for you. What did you think would happen with us? I definitely, if I'm being completely honest, there, there was a deep sense of loss and fear. And I had watched a lot of other people close to me leave and some of them, it had changed the relationship. And I remember thinking, (laughs) she's still going to be my friend. (laughs) You know, I mean, your friends are your friends. Right? Your friends are your friends. Miranda says it so matter-of-factly. I love how she distills this down to being determined to figure this out. I'm not saying that I have always walked it perfectly, but I think I was growing as a person and realizing that when you follow Jesus and you're called to love people and you truly just love them, it's not contingent upon (laughs) that you belong to the same places or organizations or clubs or whatever that I do. I just know that I, I love Amy and I, of course, still want to be her friend. So For me, it was a no-brainer that we were going to continue to talk, but I was scared. I was scared about what it was going to mean. Is this this going to be another friendship that sort of dies off because we're not doing church together or life together? And so, yes, I I remember feeling very sad, and it was probably coming from a place of fear. Yeah. I mean, I think we've gone through church things where you see people leave and just because of life, you have to work harder to see people or interact with people. If you're not built in um, ministering together, volunteering together. And so knowing how 
intentional <laughs> you have to be to hang on to a friendship that you don't have a built-in um, weekly check-in or right. you know even more than once weekly check-in and how easily i don't know if you can relate to this where i have easily let people be like oh that's too bad you're not going to our church anymore I guess we're not going to be friends anymore. Like, I don't know that I specifically would have said that, but I just equated that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, they've moved on. And right. I did not want that to happen with this. Relationships take intentional work. So absolutely. I was sad because I just didn't know how much bandwidth we would all have. Because sometimes relationships naturally go through more closer or distant times and that you just can't force a relationship to be something that, yeah, that unknown was, was hard. But I, if I recall, and again, it's, it's hard to put yourself back in that place, but if I recall, I don't know how you felt, but I do remember having this little period of time where we maybe had to tiptoe a little bit. Like I wanted, I so wanted to be there for you and to listen, but I also, um, thought, well, does she, can I, can I talk about, Yeah. (laughs) does she not want to hear it? This right here, this can be the hardest thing. Can I talk about the thing that hurt me at the place that you're still a part of? Will my friend be okay with that? Will I be able to listen well when my friend has things to say about her current experience, even if it might be awkward to hear? Like, I just remember wanting to be so respectful of wherever you were. And I'm sure I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you felt the same way. Like, can I talk about my hurt? Can I process this? And so I think early on, we established that we were a safe place for each other. Yeah. Uh, talk about whatever. And, and so pretty quickly, I think I felt like any fears that I had that maybe you would not want to have anything to do with any, anyone at the church or specifically me. I think that was quickly put to rest and we, we found that we were still a safe place for one another. Yeah. And I think part of that may be that I was okay with hearing good things. I knew you weren't ready to leave and I didn't know if you would ever leave. And I guess that wasn't my goal. I never had it as a goal of mine to make sure Miranda leaves the church. (laughs) Um, And (laughs) maybe that helped because I just cared more about you as an individual than I cared about where you were attending church. I cared about your faith. I cared about you being in a healthy place for you and your family, but I knew that that could mean different things for you and I It wouldn't necessarily be at the same place. You gave me space to express the mourning that I had of having to start over and and that, that the church that I left that you were still at wasn't what I wanted it to be. Right. And you know, that deep disappointment. And for some reason you're okay with hearing that it didn't threaten you. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, because you're my friend. And so I, I didn't need to defend or I, I didn't feel like I needed to defend anything. I just, I wanted you to be <laughs> healthy and whole and to follow Jesus in an authentic way. And somehow we navigated that and yeah. it, in some ways, I feel like our friendship even took a went 
to a deeper level because we we navigated that and I'm not saying it was always perfect but I've always said you were very gracious with me and I didn't feel pressured or that you had expectations that I was going to yeah. say well so now I'm leaving you know or anything like that I mean you were we didn't have those expectations of each other and I think that's so important in keeping relationships intact. We gave each other grace. We cared about each other more than in our relationship, more than what organization we belong to. Part of it, maybe it was the right time Mm -hmm. where, was there a time when somebody would leave the church that you would feel like you would have had to defend the church to them, or you would really not be comfortable talking about any painful experiences that they had? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I would say that was part of who I was at the time. Like I'm very much a positive, like rah-rah cheerleader. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think there probably was a time that I didn't, I wasn't as open to hearing if something, if someone was hurt or something happened. And I think as I grew as a person and spiritually, you just realize that sometimes things happen and you don't need to defend it and you just can support someone and love them through it. And of course, truth is always important, but people need to be heard and they need to feel loved and they need to be supported. And um, just because someone had an experience that's different than you doesn't mean it didn't happen. Or <laughs> You don't always have to make, try and make them feel better about it or try to minimize it, or you can just be there for them. Yeah. You know, you're not even making a judgment of whether you agree with the person or not. You're just saying, I believe you're hurting. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if I agree about all the other situations and circumstances with it is that I care about you, you're hurting and I'm sorry. You know, being able to handle nuance, I think is something is part of maturing is probably Mm -hmm. part of spiritual formation. As much as I thought growing spiritually would be about having more and more certainty. I think growing spiritually (laughs) has shown me, I don't understand a lot of things and that means that if somebody's in a different place than I am, err on the side of grace. When you care about someone, you care that they're hurting. Yeah. Bottom line. Did anybody try to tell you that you should no longer talk to me or not have any interaction with people that had left the church? I don't believe that anyone ever explicitly said don't do that, but I did in any church I've ever been at, I had always observed a pattern where someone leaves and then it seemed like people just don't associate with them anymore. Mm -hmm. Sort of wondered about that. It wasn't ever an explicit, we don't do this. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's why I felt sad and afraid when you left is because I had just seen it truly change so many other relationships and friendships that I was just scared that was going to happen to us, even though maybe that was a little unfounded because we, we had been friends for so long and weathered many storms together. I wonder if part of it was that we walked through some of these painful things together. Yeah. And so you absolutely knew that my experience was real. 
I don't think he would have questioned it, but I mean, in this case, there could have been no blindness. You know, you had a front row seat right in the middle of, of everything. So Mm -hmm. I think part of that hard thing was that just knowing that it's true is hard. I think knowing that a place that you care about and that has contributed to your spiritual development has hurt other people that you care about. Bingo. And it was hard to grapple with that. You know, anyone who knows me knows I don't like conflict. There was a lot of time spent in prayer. I could let myself think about it for a little bit and then I would have to move on to something else. And then I would go back in and pray about it some more. It's like you have these two things that you're holding in each hand and they're two different things. And you're like, what do I do with this? How you approach this makes all the difference. I'm positive that Miranda's willingness to hold this tension saved our friendship. Yeah, they both exist. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) One of them doesn't make the other thing not exist. Why did you stay? That's a great question. I think because I saw that God was moving and working and that there were so many good people there. And if I'm being honest, I definitely felt a sense of loyalty. That's where I had gone. My family grew up, my kids grew up there. And I just am a hopeless optimist sometimes when it comes to things that I believe in and places where I have connection. I chose to focus on the good that was there. And I just also felt that God was wanting me to stay. And in my heart, I knew I wasn't supposed to go. Yeah. And I guess only in retrospect, can you really know four years later, you can be like, oh, I had something else I needed to do. I had a few other things God really wanted me to be a part of. He sort of wrapped up all the things. And it just felt like now is the time. I mean, I definitely look back and I know that God did not want me to leave yet. It wasn't my time. And so sometimes people throw that out and you kind of think, oh, sure, that's just their, <laughs> that's just their excuse. But yeah, I believe people when they say that. I think that God gives you a clear it's time or it's not time. And um, we have to respect that. You really can't be like, you know, you said the Lord was leading you, but I don't believe you. Yeah. And just like you knew that it was time for you to leave. And I didn't question that. So much of your spiritual formation was at this church, mm-hmm. but then, you know, so many things are really changing and shifting and starting around 2016. I think that helped us too. Cause we had talked through a lot of things that we had even seen in the church at large and mm-hmm. in politics and, and just learning. I think by the time I left, we both were in the same place of realizing that it can be unhealthy to pledge mm-hmm a loyalty to an institution over caring about your relationship with Jesus, that it's not the same. Being loyal to a church isn't the same thing as following Jesus. Absolutely. And I think we've seen that play out on a grand scale all the way down to the local church level. So it, I want to follow Jesus. Yeah. Period. This reminds me of my conversation with Ryan Ramsey on episode seven. He said, what happens when loyalty creeps in, in a toxic way, it actually causes us to contradict what we believe about sin. And so we start to treat people 
in systems and communities as though they are inherently good. Miranda is modeling here, pushing back against toxic loyalty. Yeah. And it was, you didn't feel the need to protect an institution. And I think that is such a huge thing. For some reason, your identity, I mean, you love the ministries you're involved with, but Mm -hmm. your identity wasn't too enmeshed with a place that you couldn't see it for what it was like imperfect. Yeah. And maybe there was a time that that may have been true when you just grow spiritually and the closer you get to Jesus, the more your loyalty is just to him and following him. And when things happen that don't line up, you can identify it more easily and call it what it is. Yeah. But hard. It's not everybody is there. It's and when you invest so much in a place, it is hard. And then having kids involved and kids relationships. And we certainly weren't going to make anyone choose. I wasn't going to be like, Hey, if you want to be my friend, Miranda, (laughs) you need need to see it like I see it. And you need to do what I do because this impacts the whole family. Some people, it feels like they could easily like pick up and move from one thing to another, but still the waves of, of impact are big. Sometimes you stay in a place for reasons that other people wouldn't understand because their whole life situation is very different. You hadn't had high schoolers, or if you didn't live in a certain place, or if you didn't have kids at all. When I think about church things now, I think how will this impact my kids more than I think about myself? I think I can, I can suck it up and deal with a lot if my kids are okay. Right. And that's where I think if I guess walking through all this has given me a different perspective on just maybe having some grace and a little more patience with where someone else is at, because there's so many factors at play and things that I maybe don't understand and it's okay. And we hear the phrase, you love them through it. But I think if we're called to be like Jesus and he knows our hearts and he knows our hurts and our thoughts, and then we need to remember that we, we don't have all the answers and we don't know all the things and, but we can love people and not have to defend or justify or minimize. And yeah. A genderless friendship. I mean, part of it's just being a good friend to not have an outcome, have a goal of like trying to convince anyone of anything of just being, just being there and just listening. I don't think it would have worked if we had said we can be friends, but we can, we can never talk about this one thing. Do you have topics that you place off limits in your friendships? Is there an unspoken rule that you don't talk about certain things This can be a reasonable boundary. However, if this off limits topic is about a huge thing that happened to your friend and you don't address it because it feels awkward to do so, or you're afraid of where the conversation might go, you need to ask yourself if you're really being a good friend in this situation. Right. I think if we like drawn a box around a certain area, Mm -hmm. I mean, we could have had a surface level friendship, but I don't think it would have been really worth the investment. I don't really do small talk. (laughs) So I want to talk about the things that really matter. And when you, and you know, I've seen this with friends and 
leaving Ramsey is that, you know, some people that stay, they don't, they don't really want to hear what you have to say. And I understand that, you know, there is having healthy boundaries and, and understanding what you're ready to talk about and what you can't talk about is, is all, it's a valid question. It's a valid thing to think about, but at a certain point, I think people have to realize if you are friends with somebody, it's really been a crappy friend (laughs) to pretend there's no elephant in the room. Right. Like, what is the point of that? that? That's not a good friendship to be like, we will never speak of this thing, this thing that really hurt you. And I'm really grateful that you didn't like just throw a blanket over the elephant and we're like, we are going to talk about, I don't know what, because we had so, so much church life and our relationship was birthed there and doing ministry together and caring about all those things. So to say, we can no longer talk about any of that. First of all, it's really awkward. (laughs) Yes. And second, that's a crappy friend. I just have to say it. Yep. I, I agree. And the times that I have ever left somewhere and someone has called and said, I'm so sorry. Would you feel comfortable telling me what happened or why? And then truly listened. That has been so meaningful to me. And that's what I want to take away uh, when I encounter in the future. And listen, I have gotten it wrong more times than I have gotten it right. But I hope that I'm learning and growing and that the Lord is teaching me. And there's also grace for, I think, anytime I've ever left an organization or a church, there have been people that I have loved dearly and that are the most godly, precious people. And I still, I still love them. I still adore them. There's a ton of people that if I sat across the table from them today, we could pick up where we left off. And I do think that's what makes it all so complicated and hard. You're holding your hurt with also a deep love and you see so much good. And so that's what makes it complicated and hard and but worth keeping relationships intact when you can. There wasn't a, we can't talk about this. And there wasn't a forcing someone to talk about something that they didn't want to talk about. You know, when there were good things happening after we left at the church, I wasn't going to shut you down from saying those things. I, I bet it was probably hard for you to be like, Hey, this great thing happened and you're not here anymore. And you, cause you're sensitive. I never wanted you to think you couldn't tell me about good things that were happening. We were navigating it carefully. Like I would say, please tell me if you don't want to hear if I remember correctly, it felt like very quickly we realized that we were still that safe place for one another Yeah, because of just me or just you. I think together we, we figured it out. (laughs) I wasn't willing to give up all of that, all the, the years that we had invested. Absolutely. Four years after we left that church, Miranda knew it was time for her to leave. My husband and I looked at each other and we both knew it was time. Yeah. we It was painful. We're still working through that. And we uprooted our family and we we still miss people dearly. And But we both knew at the same time that it, it was just time. And, you know, we are putting down roots in a, a new place and feel the Lord working in that and hoping we're being obedient to him. Yeah. And that 
that's a big deal when you to be in this to to be thinking the same thing at the same time when you're in right. marriage. What do you do if one person's ready to leave and the other person isn't? You kind of have to wait and see. Right. So to both of you, be like, yeah. And I mean, I mean, you had little things that you had dealt with along the way because, right. like we say, you know, there's no perfect church. At a certain point, the things align in such a way where you're like, now it's the time. Um, you you never it's you never make that decision lightly. I mean, also I might add, I'm so grateful for the time that we spent there and I wouldn't be who I am today if it weren't for what I learned and the people I met. So when I look back on that, you know, it's not in a bad way. It is, I know God had us there for a reason. I know he blessed us in so many ways. Now it's just a He's writing a new chapter. And you needed to go when it was time to go. I remember, and I'm going to butcher this quote, so I'll have to look it up later. Around the time that we left, Beth Moore had shared something online that said the trouble that we would avoid if we were willing to learn the art of good goodbyes and being willing to walk away sad instead of waiting until we're mad. She said it's so much better than that. But I thought, oh my goodness, the art of good goodbyes. That's that's really true. And part of it has to do with paying attention to when the time is right. That is so true. And I can look back and think of so many times that I just absolutely blew it. And I hope I'm learning to do it better every time. And, and I am such a big believer in the church. I know it will prevail. I believe in God's love and hope. And I know the church is a big part of all of this. And we just got to keep following Jesus and working it out. And I think the things that are supposed to last will last. And the things that Mm -hmm. aren't are going to implode and there's nothing we can do about it. I, I don't want to be in the like blast radius <laughs> when it kind of falls apart, uh, but trying to make something work that isn't going to work and was never supposed to work or, or it's time has come isn't, is not going to be fruitful in the end. So I think that works and some of that has to do with understanding and hanging on to friendships and people go and, or stay is say that natural ending came for somebody at a different time than someone else. And it is okay. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely okay. I think we need to have people in our life that are in different places. It makes us better friends. It makes us better people, people that don't necessarily agree with us on every single thing. It makes our worlds bigger. I think it makes us more like Jesus to leave space for maybe I'm wrong about something, or maybe they're they're just somewhere else. It doesn't have to be an indictment on somebody. If somebody stays or leaves, it's not saying that one person was right and one person was wrong. But I think that's something I wouldn't have been able to hold as easily even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I have a final question for you, but my other question was, what do you think you was one of the biggest takeaways or lessons learned in all this? I think one of the biggest takeaways is focusing on Jesus and how he loved people and observe that some of what I was doing was not in line with 
how Jesus loved people. I just want to be somebody that people can tell by my words and my actions that I follow Jesus. And so the more that I think I learned how he protected the vulnerable, I recently did a Bible study by Angie Smith where she talked about in a crowd, Jesus saw the one. And I just think that's how Jesus loves. He loves so personally and so deeply. And while we are human and we don't always get that right, I think that's the goal to see people and to see the whole person. And I have another friend who talks a lot about being wholehearted to help others feel that or to point to people to Jesus. I think that's, I've just learned to rethink how I do that. And I'm absolutely 100% still learning. Man, it was a hard emotional season that we went through. Like that was, it was rough. But I think we're able to look back and know, we know that there were gifts that God gave us blessings along the way. And we know why it was a part of our story. Like it was, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it. I, One of Nathan's closest friends from Ramsey modeled friendship to Nathan in a powerful way. He asked honest questions and listened to Nathan. Nathan didn't make him feel bad for being at Ramsey. They gave each other space to talk or remain silent. There was no pretending and no agenda. There were some awkward conversations, but they prioritized being good friends to each other over their other issues. It can be done. I have some listeners who have limped away from a community where they had good friends and they keep waiting for those friends to reach out and acknowledge the situation. They wish their friends would simply say, I know this might be awkward, but would you like to talk about what happened? If you're that friend that's still in the community who's seen friends walk away wounded, I have a challenge for you. Maybe it's time to stop dancing around the elephant in the room and bring it up. If you're not willing to do this, ask yourself why. What kind of friend has watched someone go through something really painful and when they have a chance to talk to them or communicate in some way, chooses to never once bring it up? Thanks for listening to this episode of Untangled Faith. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love to hear from you and you can find me on Instagram or Facebook as Untangled Faith. I'm also on Twitter as Faith Untangled or as just my name, Amy Fritz. And I wanted to tell you one final thing. I have a newsletter. So head over to my website, untangledfaithpodcast.com to sign up. And that's where you will get to hear a few more bonus things that I don't get to during the episode. Man, I had a lot to say today. I am so thankful for you listening and hanging in there with me. I hope you have a great week. On the next episode of Untangled Faith. 
So we just went through this very painful time. At the same time I was going through a PhD program, I decided to just dig into the whole field of crisis management and crisis response because I was seeing how a failed response to a crisis was causing additional harm and even worse harm. For my wife and I, you know, we've always said that the time that we were at the church was very difficult and painful the last couple of years that we were there. But the period of time after we left and seeing how leadership and certain people at the church were responding to our departure was the most painful. 